Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're asking a question, can the silent tax solve our national debt problem? What is the silent tax that I'm referring to? Well, it's inflation, of course. The debasement of the currency has been used for centuries as a way of creating budgetary flexibility when governments have political desires that exceed their piggy bank. The ability to tax the population is limited by the tolerance of the population. Too little tax and you have ineffective government and anarchy. Too much tax and you have social unrest and eventually violent revolution. Let's imagine for a moment the government collects about 20% of GDP in tax. I'm just making up that number, of course. But let's imagine the government wants to spend a bit more than they collected in revenue. Instead of spending 20% of GDP, let's imagine they want to spend an additional 10% above their revenues. The solution is simple. Just print a bunch of more money, and it will grow the government's budget by 10%, but only grow government spending from 20% of GDP to 22% of GDP. That means an inflation of the money supply. All other things being equal, the net result would be a 2% inflation rate, maybe less, but at worst, it's a 2% inflation rate. 2% is large enough that it will cover the shortfall in cash and small enough that the population will be lulled into a sense of comfort that prices are not rising too fast, or that their currency is not being devalued too quickly. The model used by economists to model inflation is often too simplistic to be an accurate reflection of the real world. All of these economic models suffer from the same problem. They assume a fixed point of reference that in reality is never fixed. Is your point of reference U.S. dollars? Is your point of reference ounces of gold? How about one-bedroom apartments? Maybe you count your wealth in terms of Bitcoin, or tons of copper, or barrels of oil. What if your point of reference is in Japanese yen? Did your wealth grow or shrink this year? If your local economy imports almost all its food and energy, as is the case in Japan, what do international exchange rates have to say about price inflation? Food prices and energy in Japan this year are way up compared with the same period last year. Inflation in Japan is at a 32-year high and yet the value of the yen has fallen in the past year, which increases the cost of imports. But not everything is imported either. Some people compare the price of a commodity like a McDonald's Big Mac in different countries as a measure of equalizing the cost of living. The most expensive Big Mac in the world is in Switzerland at $6.71. There was a time when a Big Mac in Tokyo was expensive as well, but today, in Tokyo, a Big Mac is only $2.83. How is it possible that a city like Tokyo that has a reputation of being expensive can be so cheap to buy a Big Mac? See, when we measure inflation, the point of reference becomes extremely important. By using U.S. dollars as a point of reference, it looks like the cost of a Big Mac in Tokyo has fallen. McDonald's in Japan this week announced that from Friday, the cost of its signature Big Mac sandwich will increase to 410 yen, $2.85, from 390 yen. McDonald's holding company in Japan said in a statement, that increase reflects increases of 10 to 30 yen on many items. In Japan, the price has gone up, but to an American tourist visiting Japan, the Big Mac is a bargain. Imagine if you've got two vehicles traveling down the highway side by side. Both are traveling the speed limit of, say, 100 kilometers an hour, maybe 60 miles an hour. You can effortlessly and safely step back and forth from one vehicle to the other without risking injury. Both vehicles are traveling at exactly the same speed. So when you ask how fast are they going, you need to name the point of reference. Compared to the pavement underneath, both vehicles are traveling at 60 miles an hour. Compared to one another, 
the difference in speed is zero. They appear stationary. Some people ask how many cans of soup you can buy with your paycheck. That might be a good point of reference. Can you feed your family? At least it would be a good point of reference until the manufacturer changes the size of the can of soup and you can no longer have a reliable point of reference. As real estate investors, should we measure our balance sheet in dollars? Maybe we should measure the number of two-bedroom apartments that we own outright. Would that be a more meaningful point of reference? At the start of World War II, the United States had a debt-to-GDP ratio of about 40%, and by the end of the Second World War, the U.S. had a debt-to-GDP ratio of nearly 120%, and all of that happened in approximately three years. Yet somehow, from 1960 until 1995, the U.S. had deficit spending every year except for one. Yet somehow, the debt-to-GDP ratio went from 120% at the end of the war to 35% in the early 1980s. What was it that caused that reduction in debt? You got it. It was inflation. Inflation devalued the purchasing power of those on fixed income, it devalued cash savings, and it devalued the debt. So did the debt increase from 1945 until the early 1980s, or did it decrease? I guess all of that depends on your point of reference. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.